It's Cheer. And this is Loathing. We're here to talk to you about movies. She, she loves, loves everything. everything. I hate everything. This should be fun. This is a morbidly beautiful podcast. Hello again and welcome to another episode of Cheer and Loathing featuring myself, Casey, as Loathing nailed it this week, unlike last week. <laughs> Uh, and over there, that giggle is the always cheerful cheer. Hi, Stephanie. it's there Stephanie. Hi, yeah. everyone. They all said hi back. I, I know they did. Yeah. They're only like, to hi, you. Stephanie. We missed you. Yeah. It's so only sweet, been a week, guys. I know, but that's a long time in, in lack of Stephanie land, you know? Uh, I guess. I mean. It's like the hours feel like weeks and months and years, you know? You just Jesus need Christ. Stephanie fix all the time. Well, I mean, you're on social media. You know, like you get it. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's why you were so excited when we started, when I was like, hi, Casey. You were like, hey, yeah, sure, I guess we're going to do a podcast today. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a pretty accurate transcription, it is actually. Very accurate. <laughs> very accurate. Very yeah. accurate. And you know, like, I'm sensitive. I need a lot of positive reinforcement. So I, I know you do. You're, you're a delicate little flower. I really am. Well, maybe, maybe like a <laughs> good thing you chose to do this podcast with me then. Cause maybe like an orchid. I, I think I'd like to be an orchid if that's okay. Yeah, I mean they they die just by you looking at them too long. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're that's, very that's fair. Very hard to keep alive and keep yeah. thriving. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I know a lot about botany. I know. Nothing about <laughs> I'm sure it. you do. I'm sure you do. You do a lot of research. As I uh, I once worked across the street from a flower shop. Oh my God! Well, that's so, I mean, like I that's pretty damn close. Have, basically, like, a PhD expert. in in plantology. Mm -hmm. Wow! I know. Well, then you should know how to keep this orchid thriving, but you don't. So no, I don't I know what learned, to say. I just learned how to kill things. <laughs> okay, well, it's a lot easier than you think. No, I, I know you're. <laughs> you make it look really easy. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> Um, All right, so yeah, so it's uh, still continuing <laughs> on with the LGBTQ month, and uh, yeah, we have a couple more movies we thought we'd kick out before the end of the month because we wanted to do two, but you know, schedules and life kind of get in the way. So we're getting back to back weeks, much to your chagrin probably, but you know, it's, it's happening. It's a gift. It's an absolute it's, gift. It's something. It's something. So, I. So we've kind of chosen two movies this week that deal with secrets and keeping things hidden and um, all like a really good sort of metaphor for Pride Month, which is all about like being authentic and being true to yourself. And, and these are films about like, well, what happens when you're not true to yourself? Um, See, I, I was so, going to make a joke in there, but oh, I don't know it's if it's not super insensitive. No. It's very insensitive. And you well, it's not like a bad joke. It's just like <laughs> might be a dated joke. Okay. Well, I'm used to that. I mean, because no, we don't expect good jokes from you, Casey. F fair. Fair. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you're like, oh, it's all about keeping secrets. And I was going to burst in with it, like, like keeping them in the closet. Put them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's not good. No, no, no. But, but thank you for trying. Uh, I know. appreciate the effort and I want to make sure your feelings are validated. Oh, well, don't worry about that. <laughs> Nobody else does. All right. So if you listened to last week, you know we had a bit of a mix-up. 
And where I got a little confused about what movies we were talking about, it was completely my fault. Um, and so we decided, since I had watched one movie for last week that we ended up not talking about, um, Casey was kind enough to agree to go ahead and watch that movie so that we could talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that movie is What Keeps You Alive. So mm-hmm. I think that's where we start, if that sounds good, Casey. Sure. Uh, the I- ironic thing about that is, originally that was my pick for that week. And yes. you're like, nah, I've already talked about it enough. We don't need <laughs> yeah. to talk about it anymore. Yeah. And then I know. you watch it, and I don't, and now we're talking about it anyway. Yeah, no, I really screwed so. the pooch on that one. That was that's like it. my fault across the board. I take full responsibility. I don't know what happened. Uh, you and know, I don't it, know. It's not the first time we've had our wires crossed like that either. No, it's usually your fault, though. That's that's the what made it interesting. Mm-hmm. No, there was one time you're like, hey, make sure you watch these two movies this week. And then I watched them. I'm like, hey, so you watch these two, right? You're like, where on earth did you get that idea? And then I send you the text and you're like, oh. I don't. I'm going to need to proof for that. Did you save that? Because that's not sound It's probably in the messenger history all. somewhere. All right. We'll try to find it. I'm well, going to need some evidence. Fine. I will. Then all I'll right. uh, post okay. all over social media. The one post oh, a year okay. I make. um yeah okay so uh i do not know why when you were like we should watch this film because i you were against it like vehemently against it well it's not because i don't like it or because i was just like well i've seen that a few times and i've written about it and so i kind of felt like maybe i just wouldn't have anything to say or it would feel kind of stale um, so I think that's what I was a little bit worried about. I was like, well, I kind of want to see something that I haven't seen in a really long time or something fresh. Um, but anyway, beside the point, because when I watched it, I was like, oh, I actually do have quite a bit to say about this film. So I'm glad that we are revisiting it. Mm, okay. Um, let me just, let me just give a really quick, unless you want to, do you want to give the really quick intro? Cause I technically it was your pick originally. Uh, it sounds like you're prepared for it. So I'll just, I'm always prepared, you. Casey, yeah, you know exactly. this. That's why we work so well <laughs> together. <laughs> All right, so What Keeps You Alive is a 2018 Canadian psychological horror film written and directed by Colin Minahan. Um, It stars Hannah Emily Anderson and Brittany Allen, and it follows a young woman fighting for her life as her wife's murderous intentions become evident. The film premiered at the South by Southwest Film Festival on March 10, 2018. It received positive reviews from critics. So I remember, I do remember when this first came out, um, there was a, a quite a bit of buzz like mm-hmm. on the indie film scene for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just because, you know, it was, I mean, I'm going to say this and I know you're going to argue because I was going to say it's kind of different. Um, and mm-hmm. I know you're going to say, actually, it's really tropey and blah, 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 blah. But um, I, it felt sort of fresh, um, probably because of the, you know, the same sex relationship. That's not something that you see very often. And, and I heard somebody describe a, describe it as an art house survival film which uh like art house idea of a survival film Mm -hmm. which i think is a pretty pretty great uh explanation and of course you know art house is uh that's like um my catnip yeah um so i do remember when i and this will not surprise you at all that when i saw it when when it was first released i saw it wait 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 let me let me guess it changed your life. Well, I wouldn't say it changed my life. Um, it, this isn't one of those like, oh my god. It blew your mind. No, I mean, I liked it. I thought it was quite good. Well, I mean, those are like um, your your tropey things to say. So, 
my tropey things to say. Yeah, those are the things you say almost every week. It was a life-changing experience or something like I, that. I really don't think that's true. Somebody pull the tape. I don't think I say it's life-changing every week. Okay. Okay. I'm positive I don't. Okay. Okay. You okay. can do a super cut if you want and find out how many times I've said it's life-changing. That would be longer than the run of all of our episodes combined. <laughs> all right, you saying sure. It was the best movie I've ever seen. It changed my life. That's, okay, well... I dare you to try to try to put it together. Okay. I'm sure I've said it a time or two, but I yeah, just doubt a time that or two every it. week. That's all. Okay. <laughs> um, this didn't change my life. Oh. But I liked it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. So um, why were you hesitant then in the first place to want it? Like I know other than the reasons of that, you've seen it a few times, or you've written about it a few times. What was your hesitation about wanting to talk about it? See, I got the impression when you said that you're like. I thought you were afraid I was going to rip into it to a degree where it would be like offensive or something. Oh, no, I expect that from you. I oh, mean, okay. no. And this isn't one of my sacred cows. This isn't a film like we have talked about some of my sacred cows, um, like The Witch, where I sort of know I know you're going to hate it and I know it's going to be really upsetting. and I know we're going to fight about it. <laughs> um, I do expect you to hate this one, mm-hmm. but. I don't think we're going to, I mean, we'll, we'll disagree. I don't think we're going to fight. I'm not going to, uh, this isn't going to be a battle royale. Yeah. Um, because, and I'll tell you why. Um, so when I first watched this film, I loved it. And I, I, I didn't go back and reread my review. I knew I wrote about it. And I know it was very, one of my like kind of gushy reviews. Um, and I stand by the fact that I think there's a lot of great stuff about this film. Mm-hmm. But when I rewatched it, I think that this is gonna this is gonna gag you a little bit. Um, I gag me. Sorry, uh, that's uh, appropriate, I guess. <laughs> I'm using a little bit of the uh, the uh, the lingo the kid that the kids mm. use today. Oh, is um, that is that one of the lit no yeah. cap dead ass? Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. That I'm trying to appropriate and pretend that I'm young. Um, Bet. Yeah, that's what people right. say too. I think I don't know. I yeah, have no fucking yeah. clue. Um, so when I rewatched it, I was like, "God damn!" There's a lot of plot holes in this film, and <laughs> and the th- is, which I know you're going to point out. The thing is, is that like normally I don't. I don't want to say I don't care. I guess I don't care when I watch it. I just sort of suspend my disbelief and I get right. immersed in the story, and mm-hmm. I don't think about like, "Well, this doesn't really make sense." Um, but because I've seen this a few times, and because I was watching it with a little bit more of a critical eye for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that stuff, like I sort of, when I watch things for this show, I channel you a little bit and I try to imagine what you're going to say. Mm, and it okay. makes me more hyper aware of things that are probably problematic or potentially mm-hmm. areas of contention. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about this, but when I watched it, I was like, uh, okay, there's still a lot of stuff I like about this movie, but goodness gracious, there is quite a bit that stands out as like, this seems... Um, these dots Off. don't really connect. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's maybe a couple. Yeah. So that's my long-winded intro into this film. Um, I'm going to pause there and let you kind of talk about your sort of overall experience and impression of this film before we get into the details. Sure. Uh, first, I want to note the uh, Rotten Tomato scores. Oh, yes, so yes. Sorry. 80% critics, 43% audience. Which is why Does you wanted to talk you? about it in the first place. No. Well, that was one of the doesn't. reasons, I think. I think yeah. it, uh, I mean, we talked about it like almost a month ago now, but, uh, yeah, it's something <laughs> along those lines. Yeah. Um, 
it doesn't surprise me because when you throw around words like art house and stuff, um, you know, that's almost always when we have those kind of films, it's like critics love the shit out of it and audiences are like, meh. Doesn't yeah. really do it for me. Um, yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily class this as art house. Nothing about it screamed art house to me. Um, mm-hmm. Not in the in the way like The Witch or Hereditary or Midsummer did it by any extreme. Like if this is art house, and I would say it's like very very introductory level. Mm-hmm. Like if you wanted to introduce somebody to art house, but you thought you know they're gonna fall asleep through The Witch, or they're gonna think Hereditary is fucking pretentious or whatever. This might be a good intro Bastards. movie for them. Well, I mean, not everybody has terrible taste. So we can't get into that right now. But um, I, w- I want to know why. So you're assuming this. I hate this, correct? And that yeah. may or may not be a fair assumption. I want to know why you think I hate it. Oof. Um... Because we always get into like, yeah, I hate it and blah, 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 blah. But I, I'm, I'm curious as to, and you always assume that I do, but I I want to get into the details of that. I want to pick your brain a little bit on why you think I would hate any film. And this one just happens to come up first. So why would you think I hate this? Well, a couple things. Um, First of all, in fairness, I sort of default to expecting you to hate everything, which I think is a fair assumption, just like you default to thinking that I'm going to love everything. I mean, that, that's, you're not wrong, yeah. So so that's, I mean, I will say that's not always gr- super grounded or fair. It's not always based on like, <laughs> oh, this film. There there are some films that I watch and I'm like, I know that Casey's going to have a visceral reaction to this that's not positive. Um, other films I'm like, you know, we've had this conversation where I'm like, I don't know, this could go either way. Um, Where I'll say, spoiler alert, the next film we're going to talk about is one of those... I'm very curious what you're going to say because I don't mm. actually know Fair. or I don't even think I know because there's mm-hmm. a lot of things I could say yes to and things I could say this doesn't feel like it's in Casey's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is kind of like, honestly, I don't expect you to full on hate it. I more expect you to be a little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just lukewarm to it. Like where you're just like, I guess, I mean, it's just, you know where you always talk about, like, the greatest sin isn't that the movie's bad. It's just, like, because mm-hmm. it's forgettable or because it doesn't really do anything for you. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a little bit afraid this is going to fall in that, mm. in that world. Interesting. Um, mostly because I feel like, from your perspective, you're going to feel like, again, all assumptions that I could be very wrong about. But I feel like you're going to feel like it's a little bit tropey and it's been done before and that... The plot holes, I think, are going to really jump out at you because you hate plot holes and you always point them out. <laughs> and if I notice them, that means that they probably, like, hit you over the head and, like, you know, made you just, like, throw up your hands in exasperation because, like, <laughs> I, I I rarely notice that kind of stuff. I, I just don't watch films like that, you know? Right. But you do. You're very much like, well, this doesn't make sense. And if something doesn't make sense, then it sort of takes you out of it. Yeah. So that's primarily what I'm worried about with this. Mm. Um, that that you're gonna feel like the story just isn't great. Um, because what I think what I think is good, I think the performances are pretty objectively good. Um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, I think it's well shot. I don't think you're gonna have like technical issues with it like you sometimes do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do worry that the story is where I'm gonna lose you. So that's my 
That's my guess. And now you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. I think we've been doing this podcast a little too long. <laughs> oh, it's, it's no. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty good guessing. Going All right. On yay. Um, <laughs> I must say. I wanted to try to make a comparison from this movie to one we watched, uh, I don't know, two or three weeks, two or three weeks, two or three months ago, probably, about the like mom and daughter witch couple with the music and they live in the woods. I forget yes. the name of it. And I wanted to draw like, parallels to okay. that because mm-hmm. they're both independent, fairly low budget. Obviously, the, the witch one, whatever the fuck that was called, had a, a lower budget. It was like a micro budget sort of thing. It's like hell something, right? I, fuck, I don't know. It was your pick. I, wonder, I, I immediately name. forgot about it. I see. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I know you did. Um, <laughs> so I thought, you know, this would be a decent comparison because it's obviously like a lower budget. They they're in the woods. It's very secluded, small cast sort of thing. So I wanted to draw that parallel. And if I'm going to draw a parallel between those two movies and compare them, I would say what keeps you alive is how you would do that movie. Mm hmm. Like you said, technically, it is for an independent movie. I would say it's top-notch quality. Yeah. Uh, cinematography, sound, performance. Like you said, the acting in this movie is... That's the first note I made was this: the acting and performances are really good. Yes. They're not over the top. Uh, there's a couple scenes where I was like, if I'm in that situation, I might react that way. You know, like when she's driving near the end, uh, Julia yeah. or Jules or whatever her name was. And she just starts screaming to herself. I'm like, is that a natural reaction? Yeah, that might be a natural reaction. Because when I'm angry and I, I get in the like car and I'm angry. Yeah, because yeah, you feel safe and like private in your car. So you can scream even though somebody on the street might even be able to fucking hear you. Yeah. Um, because once you just not to interrupt, but once you extract yourself from the immediate danger mm-hmm. and the source of everything that's causing you stress and fear and anxiety, then like all out. of those emotions just come rushing in and you sort of get overwhelmed by it. Right. So for me, that felt authentic. Yeah, and I would, I would, I would agree. Uh, the performances, everything shot, really, really well done. Um, overall, I kind of liked it. Oh, I would say. Okay. Um, I don't. I think it it just peaks beyond the forgettable, mediocre for me. Uh, it, like it's not my favorite movie of all time, but did I hate it? No. Okay. Were there plot holes? fucking out the wazoo yeah yes yeah uh, but like it's like the, oh god sorry sorry well i was just gonna say like the first plot hole happens after the first attack like there's no way she falls from that height onto those rocks unscathed yeah right? yeah i mean because there's plot holes that are like the story doesn't quite line up it doesn't make sense and we'll talk about some of those and then there's mm-hmm. plot holes that are just like all right the basic consent of this film you have to take a huge leap of faith because, yeah, she gets, spoiler alert, pushed off a cliff. And it is like, a, it is a fucked it's, it's up It's a good fall. 30 feet. And the fact that not only, and I wrote this down, not only does she survive it, but she's able to get up and like. And run. Run and like fight and like do, because like that's pretty early on in the film when that happens. Yeah. And there's a lot of shit that happens after that that's very um this is a very physical film so there's a lot of like um like she gets tossed around quite a lot and really beaten and bruised and bloodied um it's like an action kind of film in in a certain way um Mm -hmm. yeah that she's able to do that and she's clearly like they they try to sell like she's very injured so she's like fighting she's got a boo-boo on her forearm and she sprained her ankle 
But she, like, yeah, that's the first big where you're like, okay, if I'm going to invest in this film, and maybe that's why I just didn't care about anything else because I was like, well, if I'm already going to accept this part of it, Mm -hmm. nothing else kind of compares to that. That's like the the just like, all right, we're we're sort of just going to really suspend our disbelief so we can enjoy this film. Um, So the first time I watched it, I was like, I was all in. Right, like I get suspending your disbelief for for certain films, but this is like isn't... it's realistic. You're supposed to believe it. Exactly, and yeah. and that's where like you really start to lose a lot of people because, like I said, the thing that saved it were the performances and the the visual, I guess, storytelling of it. You know, like yeah, when she does get well pushed made. off, like it's so sudden. You you're just almost like, holy fuck, that happened. Like, you kind of see it coming, but you don't realize it's going to happen that quickly, that fast in that moment. Yeah. Right? And it's yeah, just it's, like, there's no really buildup. Well it's just like, she turns around, she's off the cliff. Boom. Yeah. And I thought that was a really effective way to tell that, like, mental snap. It just was like, now it's happening. Right? Like, there's and no I, thought. I did love the scenes that follow when she does get up and she's able, she's like hiding from um, her wife, mm-hmm. um, Jackie, right? Or Megan? Dun, it's, dun, it's Jackie and Jules. And uh, yeah. yeah but, I think but uh, she used to be Megan. I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, ja- yeah. Jackie's the like the the bad one. Right. And she, um, anyway, she's like, she goes back to the cliff and realizes the body's not there. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh, shit. So she's like looking through the woods for Jules. And at first, she's being like, like she's sobbing and she's like, and this is a really good performance from both of yeah. these ladies at this at this time because she's like, oh my god, baby, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. Like yeah. it just snapped. <laughs> like please, please. Like she's like doing this very like I love like, you and yeah. And at first, um, Jules is like uh, kind of buying it, you know, and yeah, she's about she's to kind of yeah. yeah, she's about to kind of go out and present herself. She's hiding behind like a tree or something, mm-hmm. or or in a like a little down in a slope ditch in a ravine thing. or something, yeah. Um, and so she's sort of thinking about it. And then like when Jackie, I keep, I'm like, let me get these names right. I'm like, which one's which? Yeah, it, when, it's um, Jackie. Yeah. When Jackie, um, kind of realizes that she's maybe not around, she sort of just like immediately stops the tears, stops everything. And she's like, God damn it. You know? And there's mm-hmm. just like this realization that she's totally faking it and that she's just trying to lure her out to hurt her. Mm-hmm. And, the that whole scene is just so well done and both like in Jules's performance like sort of that emotional the like uh what's the word um range the kind of yes the range of emotional experience that she's feeling and she's not saying anything but just like the look on her face and the mm-hmm. way that she's reacting it's really um i think it's a pretty powerful scene i really enjoyed that part of it so this <laughs> I have to say it, and I'm sure you okay. drew the same comparison here um, okay. to some degree. The performance, yes, it was good, Like, but it reminded me so much, oh, God, this is such a dick thing to say, of Amber Heard on the fucking stand. Okay, I have to Did you have the something. same sort of reaction? I almost said the same thing, and then I thought better of it because I was like, no, I don't want to go down this road because this will derail us and be unnecessarily controversial but yes i had the same reaction where right? it's like she's like it happened, it happened. objection nothing yeah. nothing nothing oh i can cry again it's like that's i'm like oh my god but if amber heard were that yes. good of an actor she might have actually won the fucking trial sort of thing but yes 
I, mean, I, that I did was have that reaction, and I feel exa- very bad I, for I was it. Like, oh my god! I don't. Why well, feel bad? <laughs> like, no, I just. It's like I've had so many arguments slash discussions slash borderline fights about this stupid fucking trial um, that I'm like, I think now I'm just gun shy. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. I want to think about it. Because it's, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of uh, baggage tied up into that trial um, and people's thoughts about the ramifications of it and stuff. But yes, uh, I I was obsessed with that trial when it was happening and watched yeah. all of it. Yeah. And uh, yes. Terrible. Like was very obsessed TV with her schlock, performance. And, yeah. 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 It, it reminded um, me a lot of that. That's like. I it did too. It. Me too. I, mean, I literally almost said it. That's basically what a psychopath would do. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. like faking emotion, not understanding how to maintain a fake emotion, and then snapping from one to the next without any real like segue, essentially. And I'm just like, Whoa. Well, and you know I mean, what else I really loved, speaking of that, is I loved, one of the things I really liked about this film and thought did make it sort of unique in a way, is that they didn't try to really um, give Jackie this like sad backstory or give her a reason for being who she is and right. why she does what she does. And she's when, not a supervillain. N- no, but it's like she's when Jules asked, she's like, why, 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 what made you a monster? She's like, I was born this way. Like, it's yeah. not nurture. And, like, this is yeah. just who I am. And, and I, that's the case. I love that because most films, when you watch it, they're like, well, I was beaten when I was young or yeah, this happened or I had a... Or whatever, yeah. And, and they try to make you feel a little empathetic and they try to whatever and they don't do that at all here and I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that because it felt very true and it felt very... Um, yeah, some people are just fucking bad, and they don't need a reason. Mm-hmm. They just are, and yeah. uh, I enjoy that. Yeah, I, Ooh, I mean, sorry, that's so loud. What's so loud? <laughs> Did you hear? Oh, you didn't hear it, I guess. Uh, no. My my computer. I've told you this before. It makes this very loud noise, and it's very loud on my end, and so I'm oh. always worried you're gonna hear it. But I should know better. I think it's. I should know because if you if you don't say anything, it, it means yes. Because you would definitely you. be like, yeah. "What the fuck." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I would certainly make tons of fun of you. You um uh, I've said this before, but you don't do that anymore since I got the new microphone. You used to do it all the, the time. Because the new microphone's good. <laughs> and and I would like I would tap on my desk very, very lightly, like a little nervous tension yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And you'd be like, What the fuck are you doing? My God, yeah. are you like burning down the house or whatever? I'm yeah. like, God damn it, I'm just barely tapping out the desk. Yeah. So I get a very PTSD from that, you know? Good. If I hear any noise, be. I'm like, Oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and that's your villain, villain origin story. This is why I like that we don't edit this podcast; that it is just like stream of conscious because mm-hmm. uh, most shows would edit all this bullshit out, and oh, we're 100%. just like, no, it's it's all staying in. Sorry, it's all there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's all very so let's authentic. About, let's talk about some of these plot holes. So we mentioned the one, um, I like that whole sequence is basically a big plot hole because then she like falls asleep in the woods. Wounded and covered in blood, and you expect not to attract any sort of wildlife. Yeah. Right? No insects, no bites, no bears coming because, you know, they don't smell blood from, like, 300 fucking miles away. It, it seems just very, like, we don't know what to do with her in this moment. Let's just put her to sleep. Yeah. No, that whole, yeah, you're. that's the biggest plot hole of the the whole film is that... That whole getting pushed off a cliff, surviving, b- 
being okay enough to like run through the woods and escape and then being able to survive the woods alone at night without anything and she and, and again very badly injured like she's got blood all over her she's like limping she's yeah where's this blood c- come coming from like if there's that much blood coming from her scalp she's dead exactly well it's, it, right? i mean it's implied <laughs> it's coming from her head wound because she hit the yeah. box yeah but yes the fact that she's not only alive not only pretty spry but also like She's very Conscious super smart and, in this. Yeah. Like, no, she's making like really good decisions and she's being very strategic. And mm-hmm. she's like, I mean, that's part of the whole story too, is that she's just super smart and kind of one step ahead, even though she's like the prey, um, she's sort of able to turn the tables a little bit. Right. But um, at so the she's same thinking time, very clearly. She still goes back to the house where her murderous wife is the only place she knows she's staying is at that house and she goes back there immediately after even though the neighbor is like right across the lake why is that your first instinct right is to go back to the house no go find anywhere but that house to either die in a ditch in or try to find help but don't go back to that lastly like you get released from Who's that dude? The, the aerial guy who who kept like those girls in the fucking underground cellar on his property. You think if one of them escaped, the first thing they would do is go back? No, that's just dumb. Nobody's no survivor is gonna do that. Um, and then when they're both on the boat, and they're yelling to the the neighbor Daniel or whatever his fucking name was, mm-hmm. what's his name? Uh, Clearly they're within yeah Daniel. Yeah, they're within Daniel. eye shot. They can see each other. She's covered head to toe in blood and he's like oh yeah we'll be over for dinner later i don't think he's i mean i think they're far enough away that he can only make out shapes i don't think he can see faces from where but they're, they're not at. yelling particularly loud to each other it's kind of like a raised voice like hey and they can hear each other so i think they're closer than what the camera lets on and even still even at even if it's 30 yards or or whatever away you're still gonna be like something ain't right she something ain't right like, she's covered in blood. <laughs> it's it just yeah. another one of those things that was like, oh, my God, okay. One of the things I thought was, I, I don't know if it's a plot hole, but it's definitely strange. So there's a lot of, like, as the story, as you start to get hints that um, maybe Jackie isn't who she says she is, and this mm-hmm. happens early on. And, you know, Jules keeps calling her on it, and she's like, well, what's going on with this, and what's going on with this? And she's got a great response for everything. She's, like, on top of all of it. Um, mm-hmm. But there's this question about one of her friends from childhood who Jane drowns. Or something like that, yeah. And um, it's something that, you know, Jackie is upset because, or Jules is upset because Jackie, I hate their names. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, They're cute Jules couple names, Jules and Jackie. I know. Oh, God. Um, so Jules is upset because Jackie hasn't told her this. Um, like is a story that's obviously a really uh, traumatic something yeah something big in her formative years that Mm -hmm. impacted her and shaped her and she never shared it and they're supposed to be this loving couple Mm -hmm. and you know she just talks about like sorry I didn't share it because of the trauma and because it was just too hard but she just she talks about all right she drowned they were swimming across the lake and one of the girls drowned Mm -hmm. and she's like the police questioned me. I was cleared of any wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
That's a weird that? fucking yeah. thing to say. Like, why would you just assume that? Like, I would never assume there was wrongdoing. I'd be like, the girl drowned. You know, not that mm-hmm. like. My first instinct wouldn't have been, oh, you must have drowned her. Mm-hmm. But it's like she just immediately makes that assumption. She's like, you know, it was clear to wrongdoing, which it sounds like guilty as fuck. Like it's the it's yeah. the stupidest fucking thing to say. It, it's a self-justification thing, right? And again, like, <laughs> going to draw a little bit more parallel, but that's basically what Amber Heard did, right? She would say she did these things, but was like, I, but no, it's not like how you think it is. Yeah, sure, I hit him, but I never heard him, right? It's you're kind of justifying these terrible actions yourself because somebody else justified that you didn't do anything wrong. So it's one of those like body language things where generally if somebody's giving you a little bit more detail than you ever needed or asked for, they're trying to cover something up. Yeah. They're trying to hide a bit of it. It's funny. I'm like reading my notes in order. Right. And so I have that whole scene, which I thought was really weird, where she was like, I was cleared of wrongdoing. That happens like right before she pushes it off the cliff. Yeah. And then she pushed off the cliff, and I was like, you know, I was like, oh, and she gets back up. And I and I wrote in bold, I was like, this is insane. There's no way she would still be alive and be mm-hmm. able to get up and walk around. Mm-hmm. And and um, so then, like, it's a whole forest scene. And um, one of the things I wrote is, like, because she's, like, basically, Jackie is got this whole thing where she's, like, practicing how she's going to tell the cops. Yeah. And she's going to call it in and be like, Oh, oh my god like this horrible accident and, and i was like yeah. really like how could this be an accident this is so like it seems so like obvious um mm-hmm. that she was pushed off um and then i wrote like she does this whole which this is like one of my favorite tropes in a movie um mm-hmm. and it is very tropey but i i just kind of eat it up <laughs> she does this like i'm putting my hair in a ponytail and now i'm a badass thing mm-hmm. which it's like a guy really, putting his baseball hat on backwards I really kind of love it. Um, yeah. And then she gets dressed all in fatigues, and then she goes out hunting, like, looking for mm-hmm. um, jewels. And I, I did kind of think, it is tropey and silly, but I kind of kind of love that shit. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, like like you said, there's some tropes that are, like, harmless, and I guess that's kind of one of them. Um, my biggest question from the whole entirety of this movie is, was it her intent from the beginning to bring her up there to kill her? Or did she only do it after she discovered the past? So, good question. And part of this, like, where I get into, like, the plot hole weirdness of this. So, I, I think, in my opinion, I think it was implied, maybe even stated, um, that she brought her up there to kill her. She right, definitely there's tells her, thing, right? yeah, she definitely yeah. tells her that, that she took out life insurance on her and that she planned to kill her for the life insurance. So this was definitely premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess there's some question about whether she was going to do it there or she just did because Jack, because Jules started to realize kind of who she was, like her past started to un- unravel a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it was. I don't know. The The message that I got is that she did take her out there, which it made sense if you thought about, okay, this is like this really secluded place that mm-hmm. um, she really like knows these woods because she makes comments about that. She's like, I know these woods. Yeah. That that makes sense. And she sort of like planned to push off the cliff. She knew this cliff was there, um, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing that makes that troublesome for me is the fact that she's got these fucking neighbors her old like one of her old friends lives like right across the lake and can see everything and like in the very beginning of the movie 
that neighbor just shows up unannounced and Jackie's very stressed out about it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I saw a light on. No, there's been no light out here for years. I thought it was really weird. Mm -hmm. So I I don't know. I I don't think Jackie knew she still lived there. She seemed very surprised by her presence. So I think she maybe thought it was legit secluded and that nobody like the girl, her old friend didn't still live there. Okay. But here's the thing that fucks it up for me. Okay. So, so I guess we could imply she hasn't really been out there in years, and this was just an idea she had—a random idea, like, "Oh, I'll go back there," which is still mm-hmm. kind of weird. But mm-hmm. let's say that's what happens. Mm-hmm. There's a scene, and this is the scene that really, for me, it didn't jump out at me the first time I watched it, but this time I was like, "This is really not. This is a big plot hole." So, okay. Jules is when she goes back to the house, like she, after the fall. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. She. There's this big stuffed bear that um, Jackie had killed when she was little and mm. was like hanging up mm-hmm. on the wall. Mm-hmm. She removes that. Mm-hmm. And there's, it's like a storage, a little hidey hole. And there's a box that contains necclaces. And mm. there, and there's several of them that are just like the necklace that, that she gave Jackie gives Jules early mm-hmm. in the um, film. Mm-hmm. And it's implying, and I think there's like five of them. It's implying that these are all necklaces of people, of her other wives that she's killed. That this is a pattern, is what they're trying to say. That she does this a lot. Or she plans on doing it again, one or the other. And, well, because she puts the pictures in the locket. So it's like, I think Mm. it's implied that these are the lockets of people, her old, which I have a lot of problems with that. One, what the hell are those necklaces doing in this uh, location, in this cabin Mm -hmm. that she hasn't been at? It sort of makes it seem like she's killed all of them in that cabin, but then that throws a lot of more plot holes into the story, if you think that. Mm-hmm. And then there's, if there's five of them, that means, I guess we're supposed to believe that five, she's killed five people at least before this, and For no one's been money. suspicious. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like, even if they're all accidents, like, that's a lot of fucking accidents in a mm-hmm. pretty short amount of time. She's pretty young, you know, like, you have to admit. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is like one a year a for the last years. five years, yeah. And no one has at any point been like, it's kind of fucked up that your wives keep dying like right away. They're all very young and healthy and mm-hmm. they all die of these like crazy accidents. And who knows what the other accidents were, but like falling off a cliff is not a normal thing. Um, not often, no. Yeah, it's not like, oh, they had cancer or whatever. It's like these are probably pretty, pretty extreme accidents yeah. one after another. So I was like, this seems... Very problematic and fucked up to me. And that's where I was like, that's my second biggest, like, obviously the first one is like she gets up and walks away from falling off a cliff. But then this one is the second one where I was like, this feels messy and not Mm -hmm. totally clear as far as like what's happening and why. Yeah. Yeah. The the writer definitely wanted to be like, or the director who both, I don't know if it's the same dude, but was like, we need to show that she's done this before and that she collects trophies. Because yeah. serial killers collect trophies. Dexter collected blood. You know, she collects necklaces. Which, you know, isn't out of the realm of realism. But, yeah, yeah usually they want to keep those trophies c- close to them. And it, like you said, it sounds like she hasn't been up in this house for a long time. Or she has gone up. She's never turned on the lights. Because then her neighbor yeah. would have noticed and wouldn't come over and be like, well, the lights have been on for years, right? And maybe she brought it with them, with her to the cabin, but that seems like a weird thing That's, to do. Yeah, that also seems like a weird... I don't think they... I don't think serial killers or psychopaths generally bring their trophies with them on vacation. I think they just leave them in the spot that they know is going to be safe. 
and then that yeah. they can visit or revisit whenever they want. Again, I'm not like a psychiatrist or psychologist, but, a, you know, I'm a, but I if I were like, a serial killer, that's what I would do. I feel like if she did go back to the cabin to store her trophies, because it may, kind of makes sense because this is like her hunting lodge and she's got trophies of like animals she's killed. And there's it is mm-hmm. sort of that like tie of like, yeah, I kill things and I keep a trophy. Mm-hmm. And it's like my moment of pride. But then like I feel like she would know that her friend and, and it it doesn't seem like her friend just moved there. It's like her friend they grew it up seems together. Like she's been so there for she's a long just time. Lives yeah. there, right? Mm-hmm. So she would know that there were people like right there and that doesn't seem like a smart place to take your wife to kill her. So I feel like right. I don't know. I feel like for me and obviously it doesn't ruin the film. I don't think it's bad enough where I'm like, oh fuck this film. But it's definitely <laughs> when I rewatched it, I was like, mm, this is uh I think they're just trying to be very convenient and heavy handed with the storytelling and it makes a little bit makes it unravel a little bit for me. Yeah. Yeah, I can I definitely yeah. I mean like you said, it didn't ruin the movie for me. There was yeah. a lot of saving points for it, but if you really sit down and dissect it, it it's like Batman getting back to Gotham City level of plot yeah. hole. You know? Um, Which is in fairness, like to your point, I only am dissecting it for the purpose of the show, when mm-hmm. I first watched it, I, this none of this like took me out of the film at all, and I still think it's a really like good, well acted, well made film that's entertaining. So I would definitely recommend it. And we're just—I mean—we're being nitpicky here because it's what we do. But well, well I don't usually not, do it. But. We're not. I don't think this is nitpicky. <laughs> nitpicky is when I'm like the color grading is off. Yeah, I didn't I'm like, enjoy okay, that. Okay, that's nitpicky. <laughs> this these are like legitimate. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? There's some storyline issues. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say I did really, and we don't even have to talk about what the ending was, just in case people want to watch it that haven't seen mm-hmm. it. But I, I really enjoyed the ending. <laughs> but the ending, uh, yeah, the ending's good. But the very, very ending, I'm like, oh, round two of plot hole. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> right. the very last second of the film, Again? I was like, oh, fuck you, very much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but up until that point, I, like first of all, well, I guess we can't. I mean, we do spoil it, but I we I love the time. the double cross that she does. Um with uh with jackie mm-hmm. i think that's that was really kind of fun and and they do like when i watch it again there is like that MacGuffin like early on where she's like have you seen my insulin for and that's just like a, a throwaway line mm-hmm. you're like oh i wonder if that's gonna come back she yeah. makes good po- poisons or it, insulin and then then leaves this awesome videotape um that's like haha like what she had time to do when i don't know but hey yeah, I yeah, that was a little bit like mm, this is yeah. all very convenient. Did she do it in between running from her wife or stitching herself up after the scrapes she suffered from the thirty but foot then, fall under rocks? Then what I fucking loved. This is another way. Like I do think this film does some stuff to try to subvert tropey stuff, which I appreciated. Obviously, you expect that uh, Jules is the final girl that she's going to survive all the shit. She's going to get away, mm-hmm. and uh, everything's going to be fine. But, like, she, Jackie gets her and pushes her off the cliff again a second Mm -hmm. time. The same Mm -hmm. fucking cliff. And it's insanity. It's like, holy shit, she just did it again? What the fuck? It's supposed to be, like, this poignant thing, I think. But I kind of loved it. Again, like, why? She's tranked her. The girl's, Jackie's laying unconscious on the cliff, and she gets away. And then she goes back again. It's like, why are you going back? What's your plan here? Like I, you, you drove I, in movie time. It's like two minutes, but we can assume she drove like how many miles away from the scene before she decides to turn back and what try to finish the job. 
that she could have well, if she was gonna do that she should have done it in the first place right then and there just rolled her off the fucking cliff or something but she goes back and she's like oh no she's gone let's stand on the same spot where we just died should have died an hour ago like it, it's it, there there are a lot of things where i'm just like oh are you fucking yeah like i don't think anybody thinks the way these characters the biggest issue I have with the characters is well performed, but Jules is terribly written. Yeah, she's the I, biggest I problem with the movie, right? I think the portrayal of this, the psychopathy of Jackie, is, from my understanding, pretty fucking accurate uh, of what somebody who is like that would be like. But this victim who is not trained in any sort of survival is a doctor, sure, so she can, like, patch herself up with wound, like, mend her own wounds and shit. Fine, great, fantastic. But she has no survival experience. She's scared. She's hurt. Yet she keeps going back to the scenes in which she just narrowly escaped from. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I, so, I, let me tell you one more thing I liked, and then before we wrap, I'm, I just want to just talk about a couple of fun facts about this film. Mm-hmm. So one of, one thing I did like is I did like the scene, you know, you have your sort of quintessential scene where it's like, oh, let's reveal what the movie title is about. Mm-hmm. And what the, it ends up being about is that she says that when her dad taught her to hunt when she was young, she was very traumatized by it mm-hmm. because she kills, I think, this deer, this bear. I can't bear, remember. yeah. Bear, right? doesn't die immediately, so. The bear doesn't die, and so the bear's suffering, and she's like, the trauma of that was really hard. And she said, but, you know, we, we like, ate that bear. We ate it. We used every part of it. And, like, one of the things her dad said is that you only kill what keeps you alive. Mm-hmm. And so then it's, like, the tie-in of, like, okay, but obviously she's killing not for survival but because she wants to. But it's, like, that because of the psychopathy, it's, like, but that is what kind of what keeps her alive. That is kind of what fuels her fire is this passion of, like, She's passionate about killing people, and that's sort of something that she needs in her life. Well, then um, she does it for insurance money, which yeah, she in does. Turn but keeps also, you alive in a literal sense. Yeah, but and also it's just like she kind of she loves it, you know. She sort yeah, of thrives well, on it. Yeah, she she gets off on it. Yeah. And I I don't know I liked I liked there's a lot about the writing that I enjoyed. There's a lot of stuff that I thought was really smart. But yeah, there are there's definitely plenty of stuff where you could objectively say isn't the best um Mm -hmm. but i think i think it's more good than bad i will say that um yeah like i said a lot of the the performances and there's a lot of saving grace to it but the issues that you're bringing up is is i would say i wouldn't say exclusively indie film related but more often not because it's one writer one director there's nobody really overseeing or taking a look at the stuff and being like, hey, uh, this doesn't make sense. You might want to change this. He looks at it. It's my perfect masterpiece. And then they go and film it. And there's so, nobody really above him or around him equal to him being like, yeah. um, hold up a sec. Why? How is she uh, surviving this fall? Maybe you should try to change the means of murder to fucking something else. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the fun facts are that you may already know. But um, so the director, the writer director, Colin Minahan, he is married to Brittany Allen, who is uh, Jules, who's the short haired mm-hmm. girl um, in real life. And um, 
so that's just interesting. And then I wanted, wanted to say, did you recognize Brittany Allen? Yes and no. Like, okay. Face, like you think I was like, you know her, I, but you're not sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, the reason I bring this up is because I just think you might appreciate it. So I'm, uh, re- we talked about this last week. How we're obsessed with the boys. I'm rewatching mm. it, and I'm rewatching season. Is she one. fucking Popclaw? She's Popclaw. Okay. Yes. Okay. She's other yeah. stuff. I know her from other stuff too. But I, when I saw, her, I was like, oh shit, I forgot she was Popclaw. And I'm yeah, gonna tell Casey that because he'll appreciate sense. it. Yeah. Yeah. And she's great. I loved Popclaw. Um. But anyway. Um, the thing that I was going to say that I think is the most interesting is that originally when this, when the first draft of the script was made, it was not a lesbian relationship. It was just a, you know, normal standard heterosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was a man who was the bad guy and the killer. Naturally. And I can't remember the whole, like how it came to this, but at some point they were like, you know, it'd be much more interesting if this was another woman. And so he went and kind of, and, and basically he was saying like, it didn't even really have to rewrite the script. Because they didn't try to, like, hit you over the head with, like, oh, they're lesbians. Um, but it definitely changes the dynamic a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. it makes the story more interesting, even without changing, like, anything about the story. Just changing that casting decision. They were like, this is such a smart decision because it feels so much more It's a, much It adds more a uniqueness to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was interesting when I was, like, when I first watched this film and was doing research. Um, I was like, oh, that's really kind of fascinating because it seems so much like they wrote it from day one having it be a lesbian relationship and that, that was the focus but that was actually just a a sort of change at the last minute um and I, again i can't remember the why something with casting or whatever but um yeah i thought that was a really good decision and really enjoyed these two women in these roles i thought they were quite outstanding yeah uh, i mean definitely the saving grace was the performance and and uh Brittany allen who she did the best she could with that character she's great I, I mean even if it's not well written she's she gives a great performance mm-hmm. i think which is i think more impressive if you have a great writer if you have somebody like a david fincher writing your stuff or something like that it's easy to give a good performance because you're working with good material but when you can take something that's like eh, and turn it into something like yeah that's you you saved this movie yeah. i think that's more impressive so let's change gears okay because uh, we've been talking about that one for a long time, even though that was a good... Co- I knew it was going to be a good conversation. Which, so I was like, let's do it. Um, but... Even though originally you were like, let's not. I know. I know. Listen, we've said a million times <laughs> that I made a mistake and I was sorry. You don't have to keep bringing it up. You're like, the day even I though die. originally... Um, listen, there's someone inside your house. Who? Very curious about this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give a tiny bit of setup. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you about my experience watching okay. this film. All right. And then I'm going to let you get into it. Okay. Okay. So this is a 2021 slasher film. It's directed by Patrick Bryce and written by Henry Gaden. It's an adaptation of the 2017 novel of the same name by Stephanie Perkins. The plot follows Bacani so Young. What is what? Stephanie Perkins sounds so familiar. I don't know. You're up. gonna look it up now because I I could hear the tic tac talk oh, yeah, typing right now. Yeah. Okay. Never okay. Mind, continue. The plot follows Makana Young, a senior transfer student from Hawaii, who finds herself in the center of gruesome murder cases in her newly acquainted town of Osborne, Nebraska. So this film, and I've say I say this a lot. Um, it premiered at Fantastic Fest, which is in Austin, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. So I that's where I saw it on September 23rd, 2021. 
And then it was picked up and released by Netflix on October 6, 2021, which nobody cares, but that is my birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> it received it received mixed reviews from critics. So I remember when I heard they were going to show this at Fantastic Fest. I was really excited for this one. And one of the reasons I was really excited is because I love Patrick Bryce. He is the director of Creep and Creep 2, which are films that I, like, mm -hmm. fucking love. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like, oh, this is going to be really smart. It's going to be really subversive. Um, I also really love a good teen slasher. Um, I know you do as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, but this one is, and I also know that you love, so I think this is sort of modeled a bit after, and don't get upset when I say this, but a bit after Scream, um, where it's trying to be kind of hip and, you know, um, of the moment and sort of a little bit smart and a little bit all this stuff. I know you're gonna. I know what you're thinking, so you don't have to what laugh. You don't thinking? say anything. Well, because you're gonna you're gonna get mad at me and be like, "Oh, this is no fucking scream." I can just hear it in your head right now. <laughs> okay. And I'm not saying it is scream. I'm saying I think this uh -huh. is like, it's in that vein, right? Continue. Um, and I know you love that kind of shit. <laughs> so there's a part of me that's like, yeah, this has kind of got all the beats, right? It's in your wheelhouse. But I also don't think I have this feeling that it does not hit for you. It doesn't land for you. And that's what I want to talk about. What is so funny? Just tell me what's funny now. <laughs> okay. What is funny? You're like, I, I, you're getting mad. <laughs> First note, it's a fucking scream ripoff. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I knew. I knew when I said that it was going to elicit some response. That's why I was like, shh, um, let me finish. <laughs> yeah, continue. Um, no, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I just, I was very excited about it, and I had feelings about it um, at the fest, and I have different feelings about it now, And uh, but I'm not going to talk about my feelings because I'm going to open it up to you. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's just funny still because you're like, oh, you're going to get mad. I 100% agree with you on the fact that it's trying to be Scream. Uh, okay. There's little to separate it from Scream other than the year, I would say, and the quality of it, obviously. But, yeah, first note, a little too too screamy ripoff, clumsy killer, high school, uh, of the time, in like, of the era, uh, setting sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the killer being somebody in the friend circle, you know? Yeah. Um, they're throwing the same sort of, like, red herrings with the taser at one point, same as, like, with the cell phone. But, I mean, that turned out to be, we all know how that turned out. Um, it just f feels like derivative yeah they're just like what worked 25 years ago well scream did scream was great for the time has, has there been anything since like that yeah tons okay let's do it again <laughs> yeah um and it's that like we talk about this a lot that fine line between homage and ripoff mm -hmm. and where does that line exist because mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people they're like oh i'm gonna do homage to the films that i love but then it's like then you're you just know, are you just copycatting or yeah, yeah 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 that's i mean you're right like where does it become plagiarism almost right like if i were to write a book about a dog who was possessed by a spirit but called him fujo i'd be busted for plagiarism right like it's the same fucking thing so how how do you get away with like i don't know it's well, I is don't it think legally it's... distinct? Like, is that the, the definition we're kind of going for here? I mean, I, I will argue that I don't think it's a, a straight screen ripoff. I think it's clearly borrows heavily from that film and films like it. Um, 
and to the point where I would say, yeah, there's a lot about that feels not original. But I also didn't watch it and go, oh my god, this is just Scream. Like, I thought there was, like, you, a, well, enough to differentiate it, in my opinion. So, like you, this is not my first watch of this. I watched it when it was released on Netflix, um, probably the first day, I think, because it was, like, plastered all over. I'm like, hey, look, a horror movie. So I watched it on Netflix the day it came out. So then I rewatched it today and uh, just before this, and I was just like... You know, I didn't, like, I, I don't remember if I felt like it was screamy or not the first time. I probably did, but I wasn't watching it in the same sort of mindset mm-hmm. as I do for watching for this podcast. And it, Scream isn't the only one. It kind of, like, takes imagery from anyway. I, like, during the cornfield, I'm like, that's very Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, it's a um, lot of homage stuff. There's, but again, like, is it homage or is it just, like, they did this, it was cool, let's also do it. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I can't really answer that question because yeah, homage is hard. Yeah. And I I remember so I was I told you I saw it at Fantastic Fest and the director was there and um, you know he talked about his inspiration and what he was going for and stuff and so I have the benefit of knowing a little bit of like his thought process. So right, I guess but I mean, it's he like could be then, lying too. I don't know if he's lying, but the question is like. Is, is it all about intent or is it about execution? Because you could intend for it to come off as homage and still cross that line into rip-off territory. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's, the, I mean, and I don't have an answer for you as far as like, where's that line and what defines it? Is it one of those that you just know it when you know it? I, I don't know. I, I really don't know the answer to that question, yeah. but I do know it is a slippery slope for sure. It, it, it definitely, yeah, I mean... Well, let me ask you this. Okay. Mm. That aside, let's say mm-hmm. it is just, you know, kind of a rehash of Scream. I know you love Scream. Right. Did any of the charm of Scream translate to this, or were you just turned off by the fact that it was too Screamy and then that lost it for you? So that's that's an interesting question. Cause I don't, do you know my history with Scream? I feel like we've talked about it before. So originally when it came out, I hated it. I wasn't oh, a fan. Okay. I, don't I mean, gr- granted, I was 10 years old when it came out. But I, I was starting to get into horror movies around that time. I had a friend who was really into horror movies who so would talked to me about it. And I remember, uh, like, a phone call I had with him. This is back when people still talked on the fucking phone. Landline in the living room mm, with a wire. Good times. Yeah, I, know, I remember. Right? I had a so, Garfield phone. It was the best. <laughs> I had one of those beige. <laughs> Everybody knows the beige wall. Oh, no. Like, that was, no. That was in the living room, and uh, that and I had a um, swatch phone, which were like all the rage. Phone. I don't yeah. remember the swatch phone. I don't think I ever had. I wasn't fancy Jesus enough for a swatch was phone. Was fucking cool. It was so cool. I was the coolest, really. Obviously, I mean, nothing's changed. Not, not hard to believe, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, go on. You so yeah, phone. I was talking to him on the phone about it, and his sister just gone to see it, but he was too young to go out. Like, again, we were ten, nine, ten years old, somewhere in there. So she she was in the background. It's like you wanted to go see Scream. Oh, I wanted to go see it, and she's like, "It was the scariest movie of all time." I could hear in the background like say that, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that seems interesting." And then I don't remember the first time I saw, but I remember I probably saw the first one around the second time the second one came out because I would have been around like thirteen around that time. I guess it was a few years later. I think well, Scream Scream Two was a few years later, right? It wasn't like the next year. I feel like it was right away, but I don't. I'm not good with dates. I don't remember. Right. Maybe. You you get ticky tack and look that up. I'm gonna look that up real quick. 
<laughs> Scream 2. Oh, it was the next year. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm so smart. So, anyway, I, I remember seeing the first one around the same time the second one came out. So, I guess a year makes a big difference. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, when you're young, it does. Yeah. Um. And I was like, I don't like it. I don't get it. I don't like and, it. <laughs> uh, and so it wasn't until, I don't know, maybe when I was in my 20s where I kind of like appreciated it a little bit more. And I guess I got it a little bit more. My brain was a little more developed slightly, you know, not much, but slightly from a from a 10 year old. So after that, I'm like, yeah, OK, it's really fun, clever, doesn't take itself seriously. And at that time, I guess when I originally saw it, I was like horror movies have to be serious, like they have to be scary. They have to be in your face. They have to be intense. And I was like, this is more of like a haha, and we're making a funny horror movie sort of thing. And I didn't, I guess I just didn't resonate with it. But as I got older, as I said, I liked it a little bit more. So as to your question is, was there someone inside your house too much of a, a ripoff? I would say yes and no. I would say I still, I didn't hate it because of that. It was very noticeable. It was very like, okay, this is very clearly what it's supposed to be. It's not original. But it's updated-ish to today. And it's... I would say it's, it's, it's fresh in the sense of, like, wearing freshly washed laundry without putting in the fucking dryer first. It's clean, but it's also very wet and sticky, right? And, and that's kind of the feel I got. I was like, yeah, I mean, I can watch it, but do I really feel like it's anything fantastic no so your review very... of this is wet and sticky yeah it, it's just <laughs> kind of like it's there and could i put it on the background and not really give a shit sure would i watch it intently ever again no so we've talked about this and i'm gonna i'm gonna call myself out a little bit okay which i know you love Mm-hmm. my favorite um thing. Yeah, I'll call myself out, and then I'll be like, yeah, I know, right? And then you'll bring it up, like, 50 times later. I'll be like, I just fucking said that about myself. Um, but anyway, we talked about... So I see a lot of films at Film Fest. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love Film Fest so much. Um, and I love it because there's just, like, a, a special kind of energy. And you're watching things on the big screen, and you're watching it. You know, you get to hear from the filmmakers, and you're surrounded by people who are obsessed with film like you are. And it's just nothing compares to it. And I've sort of realized that anything that I watch at a film festival, I we've talked about this, I will you love. love. Yeah. Almost almost always because I just love the experience so much and mm-hmm. it it's it's hard for me not to like something in that in that sort of environment. And so this was a film that I watched at a film fest and I was like, Oh my god, this is really fun. And and you know, in fairness, I wanted to love it. Like I told you I'm a fan of the director. I like the idea of it. Um I like things that are homage usually. Like, I know that we've, we've argued about this before, but I do like when directors are like, oh, my God, I have such a like affection for these kind of films, and I want to make a film that's like a tribute to it. I generally tend to like that kind of stuff. Can I just interject one thing? It has nothing to do with I your opinion. Yes. Yeah, it, it's just, go ahead. It was something I thought about before, but I forgot, and this is reminded me of it, and I'll forget okay. again. And when it comes to homo- oh, homage, homages, uh, <laughs> Jesus. I prefer them to be so heavy-handed that is almost a joke. Yeah. I, so, I, don't, like, I don't. Like in Scream, when, you know, the, the principal opens the door and Freddy Krueger is mopping the hallway, he's like, hey, Fred. Like, that's a cool, even though it's Wes Craven's own, like, point out to himself, 
I prefer that than almost like what this is where it's like a complete ripoff but they're trying to make it their own. Well, there's something different between Easter eggs, which is what kind of what I would count that yeah. as, where it's just like a reference that's like, hey, hey, if you know, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Right, but I mean, they could have really done the fun. same thing in this where they could have like in the one of the characters walk past the fucking like scream mask and be like, <laughs> or something like that, you know, like yeah, I make think it as heavy handed as possible but, because apparently yeah. those scream, the, the guys who own the, the scream mask license they fucking give that away <laughs> to anybody who wants it that you can use it sort of thing yeah i guess we have a little bit of a different i mean I, easter eggs are fun I, I the more subtle the better because they're then it makes you feel like you are yeah, super like smart inside for figuring thing, them out right but there's yeah. something to be said about the in your face one too which i like again if i were to compare the two i would much prefer the in your face to the mm. the complete like i'm gonna make a movie that scream and call it something call it cream you know like mm. well all right let me talk about okay so what i was gonna say before i so rudely interrupted sorry was <laughs> just easy was um so i loved it right and i had a lot of fun with it but it's it's weird because i was like well we should watch this because i was trying to think of another film we could watch that would sort of fit the theme and be fun to talk about and it's like I kept like thinking about this film, but I really wasn't excited about rewatching it again, which is, I guess, sort of telling. Like, I feel like I loved it when I watched it, but then I wasn't like, holy shit, like, when can I see this again? Which I sometimes am with films. And then, so I was like, not excited to rewatch it. And then I rewatched it, and I, I, I did not hate it. Like, I wasn't like, oh, actually, this is garbage. But I didn't have the same affection for it that I did when I first watched it. And I did rewatching it think it was more sort of fine than good. Um, again, I wouldn't call this bad because I think there is some good stuff here. But there it's was stuff. I, if nothing else. There was stuff just like with What Keeps You Alive that I didn't really stumble over the first time I watched it. But the second time, I found it pretty problematic. And and that's the kind of stuff. And I, I don't even call it plot holes. Just, I would say the word problematic. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what I want to talk about because there is a point in this film where it sort of lost me a little bit. And because what I liked about this film is sort of what it sort of on its surface wanted to be about. Mm-hmm. And some of the the ideas about it, about like, don't hide who you are and be, and you know, there's sort of the, that, those links too. And there are, we, we chose this film because there are like some. Um, LGBTQ characters who are pretty prominent in the story and there's storylines mm-hmm. that are that are important. Um, but also, it's sort of that metaphor for, like, being true to who you are and not trying to keep secrets and not trying to, like, hide that stuff. Like, there's... That's a very intentional sort of tie. And I enjoyed that. I liked that idea. So, when it starts, and it starts with... I'll just describe the scene very briefly. So, it begins with some... I wrote down some serious bro energy. Because we're introduced to this really like douchey jock and he's this high school football player um, and he's home alone. He falls asleep at some point. He wakes up and when he wakes up, it's pretty clear that somebody has maybe broken into his house and then Mm -hmm. he starts to find photographs all over the house and they're photographs of a night where he beat the shit out of this gay football player. Mm -hmm. And like, um, you know, they called it like a hazing ritual, but you know, there's this implication that it was pretty targeted and pretty hateful. Yeah, like a hate crime, yeah. So then this killer shows up, and the killer's, and this is another big theme in the film. So the killer's wearing a mask, and the mask is meant, is designed to look like the face of 
this jock. Mm-hmm. And and you'll see that throughout the film, like he keeps changing every time he there's a new mask. It's a mask of the victim who's about to die. Yes, which I thought was interesting, even if not plot holy, because you're like, well, how are these masks coming from, and how are they being made, and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Beside the point, it's kind of cool. Um, so he kills this jock, and then he releases a. Vi- and this is another trope that always drives me crazy, where they somehow release a video to everyone in the whole town and the, the whole school time. at the same time. Mm-hmm. I never really realized how the fuck they're doing this, but they do it a lot in films. Technology. So, anyway, he releases this video. Mailchimp. And then, and Caleb is the gay kid who get, got beat up, and, mm. and then everyone thinks Caleb is the killer because he was the one who got beat up, and now he's getting revenge. So Caleb becomes a little bit of an outcast. And then he, like, hooks up with this friend group that's our primary friend group, and they sort of accept him, and the, they're this group of really diverse kids who- the outcasts. They, yeah, they sort of sell as the, like, fits, yeah. they are very accepting and, you know, believe in diversity and all this kind of stuff. So, anyway, very beginning, I'm into it. You know, I'm like, I love the opening. I thought it was a really strong opening. I love the conceit of this film. I think the characters are interesting. You know, like, I'm sort of invested, right? And then it continues, and the next girl that they kill is this really obnoxious, she's the student council president, and she's super, like, holier than thou, like, I'm all about love and acceptance. But you could tell that it feels very... Like uh, performative, like yeah, it doesn't feel like very authentic. Yeah, and, and and there's a scene where she stands up like on a table, like in the cafeteria. She's making this big speech about like, oh, you know, we're all this together. And um, then she calls out like the gender fluid person. Calls out the non-binary character, yeah. and she's like, you know, they really help inspire me and help teach me about acceptance. But he, it's done in they. such a, it's done in such yeah. a way that you're like, it doesn't feel authentic. It feels really, really douchey and self-serving. Mm-hmm. So they set that up and then come to find out, like, she gets killed. And her secret is that she actually released this anonymous podcast yeah. where it's super alt right wing, like yeah. racist. Yeah, all the horrible Proud Boy type shit that you would mm-hmm. hear um, for my fellow Americans. Um, it, my uh, fellow America. It's, you know, it's disgusting stuff. And she gets killed. And so, again, I'm really with it because I'm like, oh, I like the fact that they've got these, like, horrible secrets that they're pretending to be one person but they're really somebody else that's really interesting right and they're they're kind of douchey characters that you're like yeah good riddance but then the next person who gets killed is one of the members of the friend group who's actually really kind really except like all the positive characteristics his quote-unquote dark secret is that he's addicted to painkillers like yeah which is an illness and not necessarily like a um, a vice or something that he should be ashamed of. And I guess the message is like, well, you're not being open about it, so therefore you are you deserve to die. But that death really troubled me because it's, it's a very big disconnect from the other deaths. It doesn't feel warranted at all. He dies a really, really horrible death. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then, it, then it, at that point you've kind of thrown out the uh, morality part of it at all. And really it's just like this killer who's just killing for the sake of it. Mm-hmm. which then made the reveal at the end of who the killer is and why he was killing it just feel really hollow for me. Like, it didn't make sense because there was no... I think for a film like this, you sort of need, like, a uh, a clear a rationale, you know? And, and there just didn't seem to be one because when it comes out who does it, his sort of excuse is that, well, I was an outcast, and so I'm getting revenge on being an outcast. But then he kills the he he kills this kid who is also an outcast, and 
and who is a friend of his. And I felt like it was very disingenuous and I hated it a little bit. Um, and it doesn't get better from there. Like, that's the point where it sort of jumps the shark. And then it's just like, all right, we're, we're not just, I mean, then the whole, the whole like, crux of the film about keeping secrets just felt sort of like weak and stupid to me a little bit. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it it, it, it totally does. Um, I think to your point of like, it doesn't make sense why he's doing it now because of reasons he gives. I think you could just easily, and maybe this was the uh, intention of the writer-director combo, was that he's just a fucking psychopath again. It's yeah. like the last movie, right? Like he just, he's but trying to rationalize to himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not that type of movie. Yeah, I know. Right. It, it works with the other one that we just watched because there's a, a history of her just killing for apparently no reason. And she gets off on it. This one, it's like there's a clear and obvious motive of people hiding secrets. So you have to kill them because they're hiding secrets. But then it doesn't fucking matter in the end because he's just going to kill whomever. So it, it does kind of flip-flop. And yeah, you're, you're not wrong. It, it's completely... I just I guess feel like this to, like, could have been twist. such a better movie. Yeah, it could have been yeah. such a better movie if they would have stayed like... Because again, I thought the first part of it is pretty strong for what mm-hmm. it is. You mm-hmm. know, if you like these kind of films, I think it was pretty well done. And I was invested. And like I said, the first time I watched it, I had fun with it. I, I thought it was entertaining. You know, and I, I would probably recommend to people who like slashers to watch it. Mm-hmm. But when I rewatched it, I was like, I think this is why I wasn't super excited about rewatching it or it didn't like stay with me like it, like some films do, mm-hmm. because it was this whole thing of like, well, it's like almost good, you know what I mean? <laughs> but not quite. Mm-hmm. And there are things like even the the main character, Makani, it's like, I know you're supposed to be with her and she's really sympathetic. But she pushed her kind of, <laughs> Well, and, and that's like, okay, it was an accident. She feels horrible. Like, I, I get it, you know. But she, they don't write her very well. And, like, her relationship with Ollie, who is, like, the red herring, like, oh, he's a psychopath. He's got this dark history. He's mm-hmm. obviously the killer. And she, the, she has another secret is that she had this, like, she was in a relationship with him, but she doesn't want to tell her friends because he's right. an outcast. Mm-hmm. Which, again, bothers me because they're, like, a group of outcasts, and they accepted her when she was an outcast. And... But she turns around, and not only does she keep it a secret, but she's really shitty to him. Like, there's, they go to a party together, and the second she gets to a party and sees her friends, she ditches him. And then they start harassing him and being like, get out of here, loser. We see you looking at us. Yeah. And she just sits there and doesn't say anything. And then he texts her afterwards. He's like, I'm here if you need me, like, whatever. And he's so nice to her. And I really got pissed off. I was like, bitch, like, you're somebody who's an outcast, who has this big secret, who has done this really horrible, shitty thing. And you're trying to be accepted, and then you're treating this guy like this. Like, that makes me not feel very empathetic to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bothered yeah. me quite a bit. There's, it's still using a little bit of, like, the 90s tropes while trying to be, like, 2022. You know what I mean? Like, that would be a very 90s thing to do. Be like, oh, that guy's a weirdo. Don't, nobody talked to him. But they're in this, like you said, they're in this group of accepting people. And that's yeah. not something, that's not a very 2022 thing to do or 2021 thing to do is to like label somebody as an outcast because they're different. Yeah. Because they're all different, right? Yeah. Um, one line just kind of kicked into my brain at the end when uh, the, the killer is like, you guys got to stop using the term sociopath because you have no idea what it means. But that's exactly how they're portraying him. Even though he claims to be 
so like his character doesn't make sense based on like the dialogue and the motives and the actions of the movie. The more you think about it, like you just kind of brought it up because he's like, I'm not a sociopath because if I were a sociopath, I would have no feelings towards any of this and I feel everything. Yet his, his, his motivation is like you said, just kind of like, I just want to kill masked in a motive of people have lies. Well, he's sort of, and, and, and I'm going to draw a comparison that is not, let me just say this before I say it, not a fair comparison. And in no way do I think it's an equivalent comparison. Okay. But he's sort of like the Stu character of Scream, right? Where it's like, you sort of, like, he's sort of a fun character until the very end where he reveals that he's a killer. And, and he's fun. sort of like, huh? And Stu's say? still so, still fun, even after it's revealed that he's the... Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, he's sort of, <laughs> yeah. like, endearing, and they make him, like, the kind of comic relief and stuff. And then they do that, the old switcheroo was like, oh, shit, he's a killer. And then, but then he's, like, kind of this complicated killer where he's like, I don't really know why I'm doing this. Um... There's sort of some parallels there. I obviously think Stu is a much better character um, for multiple reasons. Like, nobody nobody compares to Matthew Lillard, but, um, like, nobody. But, not even yeah, Nick Cage? Sort of, oh, maybe not. Mm, mm. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, that's, yeah. that's one that we need to talk about. Because <laughs> I, I just watched um, SLC Scooby Punk. Oh. No, SLC Punk. Have you seen that? So good. Uh, yeah, a very, 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 very long time ago. God, I love Matthew Lillard. Anyway, total aside, um, we should do a Matthew Lillard. Uh, well, I think we may have, I don't know if there's enough for us to cover because we've already talked about 13 Ghosts, but anyway. We've never done 13 Ghosts in this podcast. Haven't we? No, are no. you sure? I thought we had. No. Oh, I've done it on another sure. podcast. Oh my God, we have to do 13 <gasps> Ghosts. I am. I'm having toward affairs with other podcasts. <gasps> oh my fucking God. It's over. Um, Goodbye. <laughs> Listen, um, what I was going to say, one thing I did like, so in his reveal, which I, again, I thought was disappointing. And by this time, I was like, ugh, with everything. But um, I did sort of like that his excuse is that he's punished for having privilege. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're <laughs> complaining because you're privileged. Like, go fuck yourself. And I did think that was kind of nice. Like, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. Because, you know, it's that's obviously a metaphor for all these people who, like, kind of have everything and they're like, oh, we're so oppressed. And it's like, mm-hmm. are you are you oppressed as a white Christian male in America? I'm sorry. It must be tough. It's like that sort of thing that I did enjoy. I enjoyed, like, a lot of this film I enjoyed what they were trying to do, not mm-hmm. necessarily what they did. Which I think is why I gave it more of a pass when I first watched it. Because I was like, you know, I like the, I really like the idea. And I like a lot of the stuff that's happening. And obviously the kills are fun and there's some entertaining stuff. But but yeah, I do think that it's messy and it could have been a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have been more original. Uh, also, if you think about it for more than half a second, it's very obvious from the very beginning who the killer is. I was going to ask you, because you always say that. You're always like at the end, you're like, oh, I totally knew from the first second. You really did. You knew who the killer was right so, away. So, okay, not from the very first second. I didn't know who the characters were, obviously. But once they introduce, what was the name? Zach? I think that was the name. Was. Yes, yes. Once they introduce him as the rich boy, I was like, it's him. Because do you know how much money it would cost to have a machine that can make masks of people's faces? Yeah. I mean, in retrospect. Right from the, as soon yeah. as I'm like, oh, it's him. See, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't form that connection. But like, yeah, in retrospect, I'm like, well, he is probably the only one that could do. I mean, even still, I don't think 
I think that whole like making masks of people's faces is kind of a ridiculous plot hole. Like I don't ever see it. I, I think it's I think it's a, a possibility. Like with three D printing and how like you can do yeah. shit like that. I mean, it's not an impossibility, but like I, I said, that's, that's not fair. cheap, and you have to have the technology and the know how to do it. And he was the only one who could. And then w- as the screen parallels started coming up more and more, I'm like, it's there's nobody else. It could be. And then when they show him with the sword on his back, I'm like, okay, he just ha- he showed all the Nazi mem- memorabilia before. Who the fuck else could it be? Yeah. So did, I had was like, I was like 99, 99.5, and then 100% <laughs> sure. Like, it, it was, yeah, yeah. It would have been like, nice if that was a red herring. What, the, the Nazi you know, memorabilia? Like if you, if, no, if you just thought you knew who it was the whole time, and at the end it's like, oh, shit, I didn't see uh, that yeah, That would have been much more satisfying of a payoff, um, but... Yeah, I, I, to be fair, I knew it was him. I, I did think there would be a second killer as well, but there didn't turn out to be. I feel like Scream has tainted me because I tend to, if somebody feels too obvious, then I don't think it's them. So I didn't think that it was him. Like, I didn't yeah, have like, oh, it must be him because I assume that like, oh, they set up all these people that it could and should be. Mm-hmm. And then it's not going to be them. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's like the double bluff, right? Yeah. It's, it's so obvious that it's not him, but it's so obvious that it's him, that it can't be him, so therefore it is him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you could do that. It's like, she knows, I know, therefore I know, he knows, and it's just like, what? Hold on, brain function failing. So it, it's very hard to to throw a twist into things nowadays. Uh, most everything's been done, and if it's not been done and it's a quote-unquote original twist, then it's like, well, that's just like a, a, a deus ex machina. You know, like, that, the only reason that's a twist is because you had to form it to be that twist because you wanted to make it a twist. And I just said twist about 40 times in 30 seconds. But What's a twist? Yeah. It, it, exactly. Like, it, it's trying to too hard to do a twist when it doesn't need to have a twist. Because yeah. Scream did a twist, so therefore you need to have a twist because you're basically remaking Scream. Yeah. Now, I don't know about the source material because, as you said, this uh, apparently this a was book, a book. Yeah. Which I haven't read. Yeah, I don't know either. So I don't know how close to the source material it is, and I don't know when the book was written either. Um, uh, did I say that? I might have written that down. I don't think I have that part. Uh, I would guess it's not that old, though. Right. Um, Based on the book, 2017. This one was published, so probably written around 2015, 2016. Um, So, yeah, again, I don't know if it's if the book was based on Scream or they just took the the adaptation of the movie and be like, you know what, this is Scream-ish, let's just turn it into another Scream movie. Couldn't tell you. Never read the book. I don't want to read the book now after seeing the movie if there's anything like it. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Do you think that, would you call the movie bad or would you just say it's a mediocre or would you recommend it to people? I, I would say it's watchable if you don't have a, a, a history with horror. Oh, okay. So if you're if you're not really like a horror fan, it's not like the most gruesome movie. The, the worst part is at the beginning when the dude gets his Achilles slashed. Yeah. Um, I would say that's probably the most gruesome part of the movie. 
Yeah, I, I it, it's it's. I think Nathaniel put this best when he was on. He said it's perfectly acceptable crap. And that's, I don't like that that is, that's this, become the mantra for our show now. <laughs> well, I think that is this movie is the one hundred percent definition of that. Is if you think about it for more than fifteen seconds, it's a terrible movie. If you just sit down and try to not think about anything and just go through it like you did the first time at, at like the film fest or whatever, you can immediately go. It's all right. I enjoyed myself. I wasn't bored. There was no point where I was like, yeah, fuck it. It's terrible. I'm going to walk away from it now. If you're not aware of what the twist is or if you don't have a familiarity with Scream or any horror movie ever made, really, then it can be like an exciting little mystery with a twist at the end. Um, It kind of reminds me of the movie, I think it was Valentine's Day. Yeah. Back in the middle of 2000 somewhere. And one, my friend at the time, he, he wasn't a big horror movie fan, but we, we rented it from Blockbuster. That's how long ago this was, right? Uh, one, one weekend when we were hanging out. And he's like, this wasn't really a horror movie. It was more of a mystery, like a whodunit. I'm like, yeah, it's just kind of masked with like a horror theme probably for marketing reasons. And that's kind of what this is. It's more of a mystery wrapped inside of a horror movie. And... So it, it's not bad in that sense, but again, like in terms of anybody who has any inkling of, of horror history or horror movies or whatever, it, it's just going to probably fall very flat on his face, as the audience score of it suggests is 16%. So, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I think we agreed on both the movies this week. I know. I'm so sorry. Next week, let's pick some. Let's pick some real barn burners so we can fight a little bit more. Yeah, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have <laughs> to because I mean, like the the both these movies, like obviously the the what uh what keeps you alive is a better movie, but they both kind of fall in the same prism you, for me. Do you Go think, on. in honor of um the greatest week of the entire year? Do you know what that is? Do you know what the greatest week of the entire year is? Well, that surely that's got to be July fourth. I would say second only to the week of Halloween, of course. But um, uh, Shark Week is uh, <laughs> is a joke. Was my fucking make. favorite. Um, it's not most women's favorite week. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna I got blow it, right I past got, through that I one. Got part of that. Yeah, okay. um, I'm hilarious. I think we should, I was thinking like we should watch some, some like real gems like Sharknado or something, you oh know, just God. really, um, really elevate our, our watching. See, the problem with watching like a Sharknado is you know mm-hmm. what my response is going to be. I don't even yeah. need to watch it to tear it apart. I know. I right? know. So it it's one of those, I got to find it, something good. It's so, so bad. It's good. Like, you know, I don't believe in that bullshit. So. Yeah, uh, it would. It no, wouldn't. It actually won't be fun. But you would need something like forty-eight meters down, or the fuck that movie's called. Yes, I was going to say like that. Blake Lively when she's on like a buoy forty-five feet from shore, she's like, "There's a shark, I can't leave." You haven't seen the Blake Lively one? I haven't. Shallows, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, okay. If I have, I don't remember it at all. There's also one where there's a they're trapped in a grocery store with a shark. What? Um. Okay. You haven't seen that. Walk one out the there, front fucking door. There's no water. N- no, no, there is water. The, there's like it's it like a flooded. tsunami or something yeah something like that okay. um so it's like crawl 
It's very, yeah, it's kind of very crawl-esque. Anyway, I think, I think there's some gems that might be fun to talk about. Because I, I, I love sharks. Let me just say that. That's my little confession. I, I the sharkier the better. So, um, and I have a feeling you're not going to be as big of a fan. I mean, I have never really put much thought into sharks, to be completely honest. Have you seen Jaws? Wait, wait. Have you seen seen Jaws? Jaws. Yes, I've seen Jaws. All right. Well, you know, you never know with you, okay? Uh, Well, I mean, that one's a pretty, pretty well staple. There aren't many staple movies I haven't seen. And you do, do you like Jaws? Yeah. Do you agree that Jaws is a masterpiece? Okay. Yes, of course. Well, I just want to see where we're starting from. I want to see what our starting point is, because then, you know, you can build from there. If the foundation is broken, then, you know. It's second greatest your shark movie to the masterpiece please the masterpiece the classic deep blue sea deep blue sea i knew you were gonna say deep that blue sea. Deep blue sea. samuel jackson what about like open water have you seen that no i don't think so so there's like two kinds of shark movies right there's like in this i swear to god this is the last thing i'll say and i'll shut the fuck up and we can end this but there's two kinds of shark movies there's the actually traumatic shark movies like open water where it's fucking terrifying. And then right, there's the can't the can't be fun shark movies where you're like, yeah, I mean it's scary but it's scary fun. Um I prefer the scary fun because the traumatic ones are very traumatic for me like things like open water are very hard for me to watch because they're very intense and well, that's like uh, where two divers or something get lost in the middle of the ocean or yeah, and it's based yeah, on true that's, story. And it's that's a fucking so, nightmare. Yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, I like it, but it's like really hard for me to watch because I get very invested, and I'm like, ah. Yeah, but um, th- that's like one of my biggest fucking nightmares is like going overboard in a boat, and like no matter how hard you swim, the current's always gonna take you further away from the boat, and you're just like, I'm fucking dead. There's yeah. there's no way out of this. If you're lost in the woods or lost in a desert, there's possibility of finding civilization or a fl- plane flying overhead or something. You're in the middle of the fucking Atlantic. You're dead. Yeah. And you're gonna die slow. I was gonna say, and you can't just die. You have to like wait for it, and it's gonna be long and agonizing. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta tread water for as long as possible, and then sink and then oh. feel your fucking lungs fill up, and then just as you're about to die, a fucking shark rips your head off, or your legs off, yeah. or something. And then like, yeah, so you're dying. Terrifying. You're about to die, and then you die super hard. And I always yeah. hate those movies where it's like, and this is like every horror movie ever. So I don't know why I say I hate these movies to do this, but. There's always that setup where it's like everything's great and we're having the time of our life and we're yeah. so happy and things couldn't be better. And then the next minute it's like, oh, my God, this is like catastrophic, the worst thing you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, that always fucks with me because I always think about like when people die, when they know they're going to die, that like what was what were they thinking before? Like what was life like? Like people die in a car wreck. It's like right before they're probably just thinking about like their day and like what yeah, they have to do. Yeah, singing a song on the radio and, like, and then they get Singing along the like, radio. Yeah. Yeah. And then I always do that. And it's like this fucked up thing that I do where I always, it's not about the like death. It's about what was it like before that? And mm-hmm. what is, what's it like to kind of know you're going to die and how, where are you and all that shit? Like that stuff messes with my head real bad. <laughs> so anyway, maybe we'll talk about sharks. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> but, After all that, eh, maybe not. Fuck it. But I do love sharks. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh huh. I just think people should know that. Okay, I mean, and I'm very excited about Shark Week. Mm -hmm. Said no woman ever. (laughs) Says plenty of women. Or men. 
to be. Yeah, really everybody. Everybody loves sharks. I mean, yeah, it's the equal nobody, opportunity. People people love sharks, but nobody loves Shark Week. Everybody loves Shark Week. Every time. I, You're not on social media much, but like. I can't like, tell if you're getting my joke or not. No, I'm getting your joke. I'm pretending okay, it doesn't exist and talking about it like it? it's okay. a real thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because your joke is offensive and terrible, and so I'm just it's rolling past offensive. it. How is it offensive? And, and pretending that, like, no, no, we're talking about Shark Week. Like, where there's yeah. actually shows about sharks on Discovery mm-hmm. Channel, and it's great. Yeah. Well, I, Not I, whatever the fuck you're talking like about. Years, so, I don't know what, uh, I've never actually watched a full Shark Week. That's really, really sad. I mean, I guess, like, I'm not super interested in sharks or whatever. That's like, I could take also leave, very so. sad. You know, it's not like my favorite predator on the planet. Not like a uh uh yeah. mongoose mm-hmm. or something. Mongoose is your favorite predator on the planet? Of course. All right. I mean, they fuck with cobras, man. I don't think there's any mongoose movies we can watch, sadly. There's a beaver one, though. Zombievers? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff. The true one is strong and free. Mm-hmm. Really good Qual- quality entertainment. Speaking okay. of, yes, I just have one thing I want to mention to you before we, we cut this off. I don't okay. know if this is if, if you can get this in the States or not, but there's a show called Shorzy, which I think you would absolutely love. Okay, I haven't heard of that. It takes place in small town Ontario and it's about a hockey team. Okay, and they're all the most Canadian people you will ever see ever. <laughs> all right, like it's all about like. Let's go play some hockey. Eh? Oh, yeah, bro. Let's do it, man. Like, it's just like straight up Canadian accent central. Is it like the Canadian version of Ted Lasso? Kinda. I've never seen okay. Ted Lasso, but kinda. <gasps> Ted I don't Lasso. have whatever it's I don't, what is it on Apple TV. I don't have Apple TV. And let me just end by giving you what you, what you came here for. Ted mm. Lasso will change your life. Ah, oh, there it is. All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're okay. welcome. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, this has been fun. It has been. It has been. Um, I'm just going to go right into a fucking... I don't feel like doing a segue. Just leave a fucking review. <laughs> or five-star rating on Spotify if you can. It would make us warm and fuzzy and happy inside. Actually, you know what? I haven't checked in a while if we've had any new ones. Let's just take a quick look-see. Oh, this might be depressing. Any. This might be like real-time depression, and I don't think it's Is good it? for the show. Or it, for my It could be health. like, what if it's like uh, ecstaticity? I don't know if that's a word. Ecstaticity? Yeah, I would yeah. love some ecstaticity. I think, I think, th- I think there's a n- one new one on Spotify. Oh, okay. Since the last time I checked. So I don't know when it came in, but it could have been like months ago. I don't remember the last time I checked. Just but where you where you just leave a star ranking? Yeah, that's the one. So this is a good time to remind people that like, you know, people are just like leave a review and you're like, oh, it takes too much work. I don't want to do it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm lazy. Um, I get it. I'm lazy too, but... Calling your listeners lazy, yeah. No, I'm lazy Stupid too. I'm one lazy, of you. Yeah. No, you're one of we're 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 kindred spirits. Is what I'm trying okay. to say. All right. But Spotify, it's literally like half a second. You go and you just click a star. Yeah. You know, so one to five, to ideally five. Seconds. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you don't normally listen to the show on Spotify, you will have to listen to like thirty seconds of a show on the app. Yeah. Um. In order to do it, but if you normally listen to it on Spotify, you're great. You're golden. But you literally like click a star. Um. And and you're done. And that really helps the show. So mm-hmm. if you're lazy like me and you don't feel like leaving a review and you don't want to do any work, you can do that. And like, it takes no time at all. And it yeah is actually kind of a big deal. So 
If you yeah. like us even a little bit, lie and say you like us a lot. First of all, give us a five star. <laughs> but like, it would really mean the world. And I'm guessing if you're listening to this, you're either like, yeah, if you've this made it hate- this far, <laughs> you might be hate listening, yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. fine, I guess. Um, if you're hate listening, you should leave us a voice message because then you can just call and rage and talk about how stupid and awful we are. And that's fun. Mm. And you should do that. Um, but if you like us, kind of leave us a five star, just like click the little five star. You don't have to leave a review. And that would be amazing. It would be. All right. As Casey's like bored of me talking. and No, I'm, it's, and- it's, it's <laughs> very hot in this room. And when I get hot, I yawn for some reason. I can't catch okay. my breath. So anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back at some point in the future. <laughs> Sometime somewhere. It's good marketing. Yeah. When, right. uh, I mean, it keeps you on the edge, on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm sure. I'm sure it does. When's the next one coming? We don't know. It could be next week. It could be four weeks from now. Who knows? Who knows? Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. See you later.